You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. Well, hello and welcome to the Grace Church Slato Podcast. My name is David Laws, and I'm joined by Jason Goings, my good friend, pastor of Preaching and Vision here at Grace. Jason, thank you for being here. It's good to have you as always. Yeah, good to be back. Missed last week, so um, this is good. it's good to be back. Yeah, we were having a little staff retreat, had some time away, um, had some time to compete in bocce ball, and learned that Lauren is actually the she's, best she's bocce stuck. ball player out of yeah. everyone on staff. In yeah. the- <laughs> <laughs> Came up with the exact throw whenever she needed it most. Yes, it was incredible. Well, uh, for those of you that are listening for the first time, we do this podcast each week so that you would come away loving God's Word more and having an idea how you can take it and apply it to your day-to-day life. And so we hope that this little conversation that we have uh, is just a gospel-centered encouragement for you as you go about your week. And so we're going to be looking at our life verse this week, which is from 1 Samuel chapter 12, verses 21 through 22. And it says this, And do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they're empty. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. So, Jason, uh, there's a lot of things happening in this verse. It can be one that, you know, maybe on the surface seems to have this need to be taken apart a little bit just to kind of make sense of what it's saying. But, you know, when you look at it, what kind of stands out to you at first glance? Um, well, context is Samuel is basically giving his departing words. He's verse three of the same chapter. He says, here I am testify against me before the Lord, uh, basically saying, uh, just see if I've led you well, served you well. Uh, it's time for me to fly. I'm out. And, um, he just kind of walks him through. Here's what's happened. I, I've, because you've asked and demanded a King, um, we, you know, the Lord has allowed for you to have a king, um, even though you were warned that the Lord is your king. He gave you a king. And so in verse 7, he says, he, he just tells them, now therefore stand still. So imagine hearing that from a person who's who's saying, I'm about to leave, but before I leave, stand still so that I may plead with you before the Lord concerning the righteous deeds of the Lord, what he's done for you. So He's leaving. He's saying, "Now y'all just y'all just sit tight and listen. I want to remind you of how good God is and has been for you and your people." So, well, and that can be such a challenge. Like I can't think of any person at any point in history that has ever heard the words, "Hey, be still," and that's like a good thing. I mean, mm. just like by yeah. nature, like we hate waiting. We hate like having to just be still and. Uh, well, and it, it, you're right. It's like a teacher saying, "Hey, you just sit still and listen to me." Yeah. Um, you know, you sit still, you know, just shut your mouth. And yeah. <laughs> let me just remind you. Um, yeah, it's it's got to be very humbling for the people. But they they so loved Samuel and they respected him. I mean, that's kind of the point right in verse right. 3. Like, they had nothing against him. I mean, everything that they could think of about him was he served well and honorably and loved us and loves the Lord. So he's telling us to be still and listen. We're going to be still and listen. And so... And then verse 19, right leading up to our, our verses, he, you know, um, the people asked Samuel, um, hearing everything that he was having to say, they they begged Samuel, would you please pray to the Lord on our behalf uh, so that we wouldn't die uh, because of our evil records? So Samuel tells them, be still and listen to what God has done. Their response is, 
oh, wow, we've acted evil against him. Would you please intercede for us? And then he responds, um, no, I mean, don't worry. Just don't turn aside anymore. Serve the Lord with all your heart. And then he gives them the warning of verse 21 and 22, yeah. which is our life verse. For yeah, them. so let's dive into 21 and 22. And so when you put a microscope on that, what are some of the things that you see happening in these verses? Um, I like that Samuel says that there are things that are on the side, and he declares those those side things as empty. Uh, think about that. Like empty things that cannot profit or deliver. Um what Dave, what would you think that would look like for us today? Like things that tend to get us off focus from God, but don't deliver. What are some of those things for us? Yeah, I'd say the first category of things are things that we are maybe not inherently bad or inherently good, but they're just not the main thing. Things like money or power or success or anything that we tend to just turn our eyes to uh, and look for for satisfaction or fulfillment or, or, or something along those lines. Like money in and of itself isn't an inherently horrible thing, but it can be very easy for that to be something that we focus on more than something else or relationships even, you know, like it's a neutral thing, but it can be very natural to pivot and be looking at those as if they were the thing. And, you know, whenever a relationship breaks, it just collapses our world. Or whenever we feel affirmed by someone we respect, you know, then we feel really filled up. And those are just fleeting. Like they're, they're all things that don't provide long, enduring, uh, satisfaction deep in our soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think you're right on. I think of the same things. Um, you know, it, it's easy back then just to refer to those things as idols, other things that that we rely on for, for fulfillment in some way. Um, you mentioned the word relationship, but let's be honest. I mean, sex is one of those things. Money is one of those things. Uh, appetite for food or whatever. Anything that it's like we're going to these things to fill us and make us happy and bring us supreme pleasure. Um, I like that Samuel just says, don't turn aside to them. They're empty. The, the other part of that that's really cool is he says, don't turn aside, which gives me the visual, like, make sure your compass is set to the true north. Like, like don't. Don't make money your true north. Don't make sex your true north or connecting with the right people or the right job or the the perfect house. You know, make sure the Lord is the true north for your direction in your life. Yeah, and the other thing that stands out to me, too, is that the reason he's telling them this is because those things are empty. They're void. Like, he doesn't Mm -hmm. just say they're inherently bad, they're awful, you know, don't touch those or stay away from them. To me, this is a lot about focus when he's saying, don't make these side things the main the main thing. There, there's no weightiness there. There's no in, enduring value there. It's empty vessel. Like there's, yeah. there's, you're going to drink up everything there is to drink up there, and it'll leave you wanting. Yeah. And um, and just on a little side note, this might be diving forward, you know, to application. But like w- one way that I I've noticed in my life that those things get exposed is whenever they collapse. Like I I realize why am I having such a disproportionate frustration or discouragement or hopelessness because this thing happened? And and what I've tended to recognize is, oh, I think I was placing a lot more hope and fulfillment in, in that thing than I realized I was, you know? And so now that it's gone, I feel like there's this piece of me that's just hurting, you know? And uh, and I'm like, wow, I didn't realize I cared so much about this thing. That, I was probably putting way too much stake in whatever this thing was. Um, so, so on that note, since we tend to do that, we shift our compass gets offset or 
we we try let's say for a season we're going after this thing and it's incomplete um in this verse we get an answer to this question and so i'm quizzing you here um (laughs) why does the lord let you even why does he even let us come back to him like like if if somebody does that to me if my if my son were to say to me i like this dad more than you if my daughter says i'm going to this in fact this has happened my daughter will be like i'm gonna go get advice on this class from this person i'm like i'm right here like i'm right here and so the next fountain of knowledge right in front of you (laughs) so the next time she comes to me for some sort of advice my temptation is oh you know, why would I, why would I let you back into my study? And, you know, and, and, and so what is it about the Lord that, that welcomes these people back? That's, that's what Samuel's saying. Like, what is it about God that, that welcomes you back, David, whenever you stray away? Well, I think if we look at verse 22 is the clue. There's actually three kind of statements that, that show purpose. He says, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. I would say the one that I think is the is the fulcrum of that whole verse is the middle of it, where it says, for his great name's sake. I, I would say all of this is working in a way that God is ultimately going to be glorified. And there are some sub-purposes to that, like he He won't forsake his people because he's promised not to forsake his people. And then you know, in the back end, it's please the Lord to make a people for himself. But ultimately, like everything in life, it's all this massive orchestra that's bringing glory to God, even through really roundabout ways sometimes, sometimes through sinful people, sometimes through sinful actions, sometimes through suffering and grief. But ultimately, we know that God is is orchestrating those in a way where He's going to be receiving glory, even in very confusing, abstract ways to us. So here's a mind-blowing thing that, that blew my mind several years ago, that, that God is glorified by letting us come back to him. He's glorified in that, that when we let go of the empty thing and we come back to him and drink from him to be fulfilled from him, what we're testifying to our peers, to our family, whatever is, no, it's God that satisfies. So his name is exalted over sex, over money, over this job, over this house. So even when we do that, he lets us come back because he's like, okay, now you're going to exalt me. Um, my name will be praised. My name will be worthy. That's, And for God, he can do that and not, it not be sin. Like, because he is truly, that's not a lie. If, if I let my daughter back into my study to ask for me, yes, I'm going to be exalted because she wants my, but it's sin because I don't. I'm not the know-it-all and the be-all and end-all, but God is. He is the one that truly satisfies. Well, and I think there's something to be said, too, about, like, kind of like it talks about in Romans where it says, the Lord gave them over to the desires of their hearts. Like, it, it's a, it's actually a gift, I think, for him to say, hey, I'm going to let you go experience how unsatisfying this thing is that you think will satisfy you. And then when you come back and you, and you taste what I have to offer, you're going to recognize the difference of those two things. Like, I think it's actually the Lord's kindness to give us those moments of tasting that lack of satisfaction and just being like, man, this is exhausting. This is tiring. This isn't satisfying or joyful. Uh, well, it's a, it's a double, twofold kindness that he actually lets us, like like the prodigal, like go and taste it and then also welcomes us back, which gets to the other point I think that you're talking about, that it not only makes his name great and or shows his name to be great, 
but it pleases God to welcome us back. It's, it's as if God is saying, you're going to be disciplined, but it pleases me that you belong to me and I love you and I'm going to help you. And, um, there's something about God in this text that I see. And I see through a lot of these texts like this, but just reminds me that he appreciates his relationship with me more than I appreciate my relationship with him. Um, that stuns me. Um, I, I should appreciate if anyone should be doing the appreciating of the relationship, it's the one who's undeserving. And, but, but this tells us that it pleases him that we are his people. Yeah. And I, and I don't know why, but that, that draws my attention to the beginning of verse 22. When, when it says there's that promise there, he says, for the Lord will not forsake his people. And I think the more I've grown in my faith, the more I've seen how consistent that promise is all throughout scripture. Uh, I used to just think it was you know, here or there, but when you when you have that that awareness of the promise of presence, you begin to see it all over Scripture of God just constantly telling people, "I will be with you always." Sometimes it's in the context of making disciples of all nations. Sometimes it's in the context of suffering. Sometimes it's in the context of Him commissioning people to go do something. Uh, you know, Joshua and I will be with you. But man, there's something that is so um, hope creating in that promise. You know, I. I He's saying here, in the context here, he's saying, look, don't go after these things. They're empty. They're going to make you hungry and thirsty and unsatisfied. He's like, but I will be there. You know, and I, I almost think of uh, Elijah when he was when he was um, suffering in grief and despair and depression. He was just asking God to kill him. And then God showed up right next to him. What does he do? He just gave him food. He gave him drink. You know, he sent an angel to give him sleep. Uh, and he just nourished him. He took care of him and cared for him. And I just think... Man, that's the promise of presence in action, you know, of God just caring for his people uh, and giving them what they needed. Yeah, the, the saying just hit me, like, even though we forget how satisfying he is, he never forsakes us. Like, that, that's, that, and I guess that moves into application, right? Like, like the, the, the ap- application first part is we, we need to remember that a relationship with God is satisfying. Yeah. Turning aside from him is not. So that's real simply what this verse is saying. That's what Samuel's warning them is, yeah, remember relationship with him is satisfying. Well, and I think sometimes we have to remember it as a discipline. You know, sometimes, mm-hmm. like, if, if we're being tempted to be like, oh, I don't know, like, reading our Bible, for example, like, there are times where our emotions might not line up with the reality that God is satisfying. So we kind of have to preach that to ourselves of, saying, I know that by digging into God's Word and, and tasting His words, tasting the goodness of what He says, that there will be something satisfying to my soul that might be deeper than my emotions can feel right now. So it's almost like a yeah. discipline of like believing that even when we don't believe that, you know? And uh, it, I think it shouldn't... It, yeah, I, it's not, I don't think. Scripture tells us it shouldn't be driven by our emotions. That shouldn't dictate... Right. Uh, what we what we believe, mm. but uh, but what else do you see as far as application? I mean, are there is there anything else that stands out as far as? Well, there's a lot. I guess just for time's sake, I, when I was reading it a little while ago, I was thinking, you know, if I would just apply it this way, uh, if I would just ask each morning, God help me to keep my eyes on Christ and Him as my prize. Um, help me to remember how much you 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 really want me, God, and and help me to see any competitor to you as weak empty and incomplete. So in the morning, if I would just consider those three things that he wants me, help me to keep my eyes on him and anything outside of him 
is empty and incomplete. And then at the end of the day, I thought of this. I wrote this down in our little notes here. Um, just evaluate. God, did I, did I keep my eyes on you? Was I tempted to rely or lean on something that's lesser than you for any kind of satisfaction? Um, and, then, and then even after that evaluation, just thank him. Thank you, God, for still loving me, still wanting me. Yeah, I mean, I think just having that sober perspective of, of what that reality is, like this is what will satisfy. Mm. I think it's, it's almost similar to like someone going on a diet where they have to at some point come to this place where they say, okay, this chocolate is not ultimately going to satisfy. It tastes good, tastes good for a moment, but there is something that's going to satisfy me much more, and that's, that's when I'm giving my body what it needs to, to flourish and, uh, and feel differently. And so well, what do you do when you recognize that? Well, you, there's this intentional transformation of your lifestyle where you say, okay, I need to start removing these things and, and really feeding on the, in that sense, literally, right? But feeding on these things, I think it's the same thing spiritually as saying, okay, I recognize what is going to truly give life to my soul. And so I, I want it to intentionally focus on the truth of but that. But the only thing I would say for me is you're saying that you're, you're sort of declaring like I've now recognized what I think Samuel's saying and what I have to say for myself is I don't recognize it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I have to yeah. at least start with Lord, show it to me. Yeah. Like show me because everything you're saying is right. Right now at the podcast at the table where it's just you and I looking at each other talking about this verse. <laughs> Amen, brother. But man, it's it, in the morning just to be able to remember, okay, Lord, help me, help me fix my eyes on you today. And at the end of the day, yeah, um, the chocolate that I yeah, Lord, I see it now. Okay, help me to remember that in the next day. So, it's all of that, you yeah. know. But just for the listener out there, um, join us and just praying and asking for God's guidance. That's what Samuel's doing here. He's warning them, kind of like a guide. Like I'm, I'm guiding y'all. Like remember this, remember this, remember this, and and um, and that's what we should encourage our, each other to do in our families our small groups is remember keep jesus as the prize and he'll fulfill you so yeah well i think that's a great reminder and so for all of you listening we want to say thank you for joining us on the grace little podcast we hope that this discussion spurs you on in your love for jesus your love for people this week and we'll see you next wednesday for our episode on psalm 96 verses one through three